Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. We are online at what-s-left.webnode.com. You can find the link to our blog in the episode notes below. Please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode with someone you know. My name is Andy Lipson. I'm a teacher from Oakland and a socialist. And again, we're joined by socialist organizer Kenny Zapata and uh, Jessica, who teaches English literature, writing, and environmental humanities at the university level in Pacific Northwest. And um, folks should know that uh, we actually had a person write our show who said, is Eduardo okay? Is he coming back? And I had to reassure him, Eduardo is okay. He is coming back. Um, but it'll be after the 18th, I think. So it'll he uploaded his consciousness to the, the metaverse by now. He has no body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And speaking of the metaverse, um, today's episode, well, it's it's sort of a little bit of a we were talking about the Canadian truckers last week, and there's stuff to say about that. But uh Kenny, you had an idea for an episode that was going to kind of bring us into this thinking about the Fourth Industrial Revolution as not something that's just something coming, but it's here, um, and largely through the through the lens of advertising. Um, is that roughly right? Yeah, no, correct. Um, so, I mean, the thing that inspired this um, idea was that I mean, I live in San Francisco, live and work in San Francisco, and uh, I see a lot of billboards that are on you know while driving that are related to tech, things that I didn't notice before. And that, you know, ha- with the conversations that we've had here, uh, you know, and, and, and the, the subject matter that we tackle, it, it's just, it, it's taking a new meaning or like I see uh, this advertisement and, you know, through different lenses. And there's actually one in particular um, that kind of inspired this. Um, oh, and just to let people know, this is <clears throat> one of those episodes you might want to look at because we're going to be showing you advertisements and things that we, that we saw online. But if you want to follow on just on iTunes or Spotify, it's fine. I'm trying to describe stuff, I guess, as best possible. Yeah. So can you see that software just wants to see you happy now? <laughs> yes, this is disturbing. Right, go, go ahead and start from you. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, this is another one that was striking. I drive through like this particular street every day and I see these, uh, these big ass billboard, uh, very vertical on the wall. And uh, it has a person that's holding their head, frustrated, or maybe some having some sort of mental health episode. Uh, and uh, the top, it reads, software just wants to see you happy. And, um, you know, uh, it's obviously striking, right? Like, um, uh, and it's very much in your face in downtown San Francisco. <laughs> and just to say it's done by this, I don't know if that's a company, it says Walk Me, which is a digital adoption platform yeah so uh, yeah it's one of the many tech companies here i uh, i also did uh, a little bit of uh you know looking into it and it's about yeah like uh i think it's synthesizing uh, your software needs uh and uh guiding you through and simplifying or but i think it uses ai for you know to achieve that uh but uh i don't know i mean any thoughts on this image Yes, but go ahead. Jessica, you want to start? No, you you start. You sound like you're telling me. Oh, I'm just disturbed by it. It's like it, it that woman's look on her face 
is so like what this world is like right now of like people being assaulted by images and sounds and sensory overload. And I could see in this time that people could relate to this person's face of that's just shows, doesn't show what an immense, it's just got a strain to it. And this, to see this line, this, this line above it to try to tell you, to try to set you at ease to say software just wants to see you happy. That is fucking me up right now. I, I, that like, I don't know. It's just really disturbing. I have not seen this. I mean, I go to San Francisco once in a while. Um, I recognize the, the the sign that says you, your higher calling with college and stuff like that, but I haven't seen this poster. It's, it's, it's gross. It almost the line software just wants to see you happy. Almost for, for me, it sparks like a abuser type of life you know like the like oh like oh he just he just wants you to be happy yes. oh my God. it's like ugh. and I also just um I think it's worth noting uh maybe this is just on my mind because it was a pattern I noticed as I was putting together the images that I curated is like of course she's a woman of color right like of course yeah yep one more thing. So I, I also kind of noticed, I don't know if you noticed the same thing, that we're looking at her through the screen because there are those boxes and I think that's oh, her no. screen. And so we're looking again through the screen into her life. Oh God, yeah. And um, so I just, that I found that very interesting too because um, I was wondering what those boxes were, but they are this the, the things she's interacting with, I think, her, the information. Um. But yeah, that's one of many uh, others. Uh, I can move on to another one. Yeah. So this is the one that really inspired this conversation to me um, because uh, it's in the mission, uh, the Latino you know community. It's massive. It's a massive billboard. Um, you can see the cables of the San Francisco buses. You know, in this image, the angle is not great, but you know. Uh, and so I took it while I was driving through the mission. There is no way you can miss this. And so then again, you see the, the VR set on the person's uh, face, also a person of color, right? Like, I think you can kind of apply that from, from the skin, even though their face is obscured by the, the VR set, right? They, they're, they've lost, I guess, we've lost the ability to recognize them in person because these goggles, uh, um, you know, defaced the, human, the humanity out of the person, in my view. They're also holding the haptic, um, kind of instruments, tools, whatever, on their hands, uh, engaging in some sort of other world, right? While they're wearing uh, athletic, uh, you know, wear, uh, tennis shoes, uh, the person is showing their uh, leg, uh, right? Like their tattoo on their leg and on the right leg and the left leg, they're showing a, um, a pro what is a prosthesis? Prosthetic, yeah, prosthetic, like sorry. bionic in this. A bionic prosthetic, exactly. And so, you know, this we in in the context of us having conversations about transhumanism, you know, this this is kind of like to me symbolic in many ways of what we're talking about. That is not a future, you know, like a, a sci-fi future. It's actually a future that is very much here. Um, yeah, it's ready. It's literally telling you our tech is ready. <laughs> um, I think even obviously we can talk about the way that it really, I think anyway, exploits 
you know, uh, people with disabilities and that whole narrative. And it's often used as a justification, you know, frequently by people who have seemingly no, um, no real interest in, in, you know, people with disabilities and actually helping them, but it's often used just kind of as a stock, like justification for all sorts of technology is like, well, it has the potential to help, um, you know, people who aren't as able-bodied or, you know, other, other, um, you know, uh, groups and minorities that face various challenges. But I also am struck by the tattoo I think we've talked about tattoos before. Like I, I'm, I have lots of tattoos. I'm nothing against tattoos, but it's a really interesting one. It, like I don't know. It almost has a. It's like three really dark stripes. It almost has like a barcodey type of feel to it. I don't know. It's very, um, yeah. Just the way that his whole body is just so roboticized in every way. Like from the uh, I, this is the Oculus one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually funny, Kenny, that I had this in my slides as well. Yeah. Just uh, an online one. Because uh, I see it, it everywhere. On Twitter, all over the internet. And then obviously here on on a billboard as well. And but yeah, I just it's like the tattoo combined with the bionic leg. Combined with the VR set covering his face. It's just transhumanism on so many levels. And again, this is also brought to you by Facebook. Uh, that's at the top in small letters there. Uh, yeah. And it's Quest 2. So I imagine there was a Quest 1 or Quest somewhere along the lines. I don't even know what this is about, to be honest. Uh, but what I, w- I do imagine is like, instead of watching this previously, we would have seen a, a PlayStation sort of advertisement. Um, a lot of the ads I see, and I don't know if this is one of them, I think maybe have been really geared not just toward gaming, but also toward fitness mm-hmm. for Oculus. And he kind of looks like maybe he's, I don't know, swinging an imaginary racket or something or doing some sort of exercise, which I guess the idea is that, that you're going to want to exercise more if you can feel like, oh, I'm bicycling in the alps instead of in my in my living room or something but uh yeah i'm sure we'll talk more about like wearables and you know the sort of like health outcome frame for this but it does look to me like he's not just gaming but exercising so like you know framed for public health right another form of health propaganda yeah i mean the first, the, well, I definitely saw some of the things that you were that you were seeing in terms of the the suggestion of look at how we've already look at how we change ourselves already. Here's just some additional changes that can be added and help people express themselves, be more themselves. Right? Your it's your skin, but look, you change your skin. It's your leg, but look, we can help. You know, if you lose your leg, we can help put a new one there with technology and now it's your experience and you can have a better experience. And it is interesting. Like when I was looking at this also, as you were talking and like, it's very dynamic. The motion is suggests real, like openness and movement. Like it's not like clipped or it's not like you're hemmed in. 
And I, you know, not just the color, but the color of the background just suggests spaciousness and, and kind of like openness. But the reality is what, under what conditions are people going to be using these sorts of things? They're in enclosed spaces. They're in places that you can't, you're not going outside because you're having this experience on the Oculus and you're just moving around inside. I mean, at, at best we're talking kind of ready player one sort of environments that we're talking about. And it's just very clever, all the things that they put into this to take something which is really about the, the people being hemmed in and so their experiences are, are being forced to be had in these boxes and to make that actually seem like you're actually opening the world up through doing it. Um, that is very interesting to me. Fucking advertisers. One of the, thing, the things about gaming that, you know, kind of catches my attention is that, like, I, I've seen, you know, like, like some of the tech and documentaries that technology used in like places like Afghanistan where they're actually uh, connected like uh, a P uh, a PlayStation controllers to like weapons, you know, because like it's very, uh, you know, like second nature to use by young people, especially the ones that are recruited. And so it makes me wonder about that application, right? For this, you know, the military application that is coming, that is probably already being tested and we don't, you know, it's probably top secret um, and not just, obviously warfare but also work right we've talked about that in you know Allison in one of the earliest episodes like a couple of years ago talked about like the possibility of you know what stops you know someone in another location in the globe from operating a machinery here like a lawnmower, a lawnmower right like or some sort of thing uh, with the VR set in haptics you know in 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 like basically like Google Street View or something like that um, you know, and so, and like these headsets, I think that they sell them at Costco. I've seen similar ones to this. So they're very widely available and they're very much in already in, in people's homes. And, um, we'll see again how these things are normalized even further without, you know, seeing the consequences of, um, what's happening in for what, you know, um, should I move on to the next one? Or yeah, I just want to say that, and I know that Jessica, you sent like kind of advertisement you had seen. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing those. But one thing I do appreciate, Kenny, from what your your presentation is, it's these is having these like in cityscapes, like they're actually in the real world. It's it more it is disturbing, <clears throat> but it's also I don't know. There's something weird about it that situates it in a city that I recognize and and. It's some, there's something different. There, there's something more real about this messaging somehow because of it. It's like an occupation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I actually think like it's almost more fitting that you have the perspective like through the power lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> no, I mean, that was just accidental, but it's, you know, <laughs> it does capture something. I guess uh, I'm going to share another one. So, so this one, uh, it's you can't see very well, too well. But like, this has I see this every day, basically. Another another advertisement. It's called Osmos, uh, and it says, "Hi, we are Osmos." So greeting, right? And and then um, they have uh, like a quote about learning. And so there is a, a kid, also kid of color, 
you yeah. know, um, and that is facing an iPad and we barely see the kid's face and the kid is facing an iPad while uh, interacting with like real material things, right? Like uh, the building blocks. And then on the iPad, you have uh, the same um, blocks being displayed back uh, in a game situation, right? So the, the, the kid is basically being educated on their fundamentals as a human, you know, of grabbing and like spatial awareness, how, you know, puzzles, you know, that stuff um, through the iPad, right? The iPad itself is educating the kid. And so, um, yeah, just uh, any thoughts on this? So they're like blo blocks? Yeah, said? they're like uh, little pieces of like blocks. They're, they don't stack up. They more like lay on the table. Yeah. But you make figures with that that are uh, instructed <clears throat> by the, the iPad. And so you're supposed to mimic what the iPad is saying. Right. So it lo looks like either the kid does something with real three-dimensional somewhat three-dimensional objects in the real world that are either mimicked on the on the screen or in response to the things on the screen the kid is doing something with a real three-dimensional object but they're trying to create that interface between the real world and the and the digital world um and calling that education yeah i, mean, I just hear every time i hear building blocks now i just hear it in klaus schwab's voice you know and he says like the vaccines are the, the, the foundation, the building blocks for the fort, and that's no revolution. It, yeah, it's like that collapsing of, you know, material with digital. And, and I think that's important what you just said, that it's quite, for me at least, this is quite literally building blocks. Because mm -hmm. they are wiring a kid, you know, to make that association and, you know, um, and be used to interacting with a, with a screen. Uh, in their fundamental years, or when they're supposed to be socializing and and like just learning from experience in the world, um, and um, but here we are, you know, the like this is who they want, right? Like who they really want the kids that are going to shape the society, like in twenty years. The the other thing that's interesting to me is that the advertising method here. Hi, we're Osmo, mm. like the very kind of, hey, we're introducing ourselves. Like, it's almost polite. It's friendly. It, it is saying, you don't know us, but we're, we, we'd like you to get to know us. We're, we're introducing ourselves to you. Like, these motherfuckers are smart again. Like, this is what they're doing. They're trying to bring, and in a friendly way, bring families, bring, because this is not pitched to kids, this is pitched to adults, um, to say, Hey, we're we're here to help you. We're here to educate you, edu help you educate your kid, make them smarter, prepare them for the future. Hi, you know we're Osmo. I really would like to know what Osmo means. Like, I don't know if somebody wants to look it up just to see if there's. I'll bet you there's some sort of demonic thing going on somehow. Sounds like know. osmosis. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, you know, it's it's just. Oh, well, God, and the iPad, I feel like, has become such a like symbol or it's just plays such an interesting role in the context of parenting. So I don't have children, but my partner always jokes <laughs> that like when you just hand your kid the iPad, like at that point you've just given, <laughs> given up and he's kidding. That's un unfair, yeah. but you know, it, it, it has become like this kind of, um, you know, you need, you need an hour or you need, you need your kid to like fixate on something so that you can, get work done or um, 
clean the kitchen or whatever it may be, right? Especially during COVID era when all the kids, you know, were not um, permitted to go to school. So yeah, hi, like here it is. It's so inviting. Yeah. And actually looked it up, like, and I saw a review of it in like a website for mummies. It's a mummy, bcmummy.com or something like that. Like, and, and so, and the review was about exactly what you're describing. Uh, that you know, some mother that was too busy with four other kids, you know, and um, you know that this was wonderful in in, in ed- helping her handle her you know crazy household. And I also why think it's crazy. Just- why don't we ask why her household's so crazy and why she doesn't have any support besides an iPad? Yeah, it. What's interesting to me also is this world of mimicry, this world of um, you know of preparing for you to do do this as instructed in the real world so it and <clears throat> whether it's it's either it just seems to be preparing people for the idea that the, the digital world will much 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 more start to shape the actual real world and that we that's something that we welcome um and it's interesting to me also that there's that the other artwork that people like there's this the spray painting and stuff like that that's going on obviously off it's not part of the advertising and i just think about creativity and i think about making things that are done from the vantage point of of an actual creator who wants to do it which is what those spray paints are versus whatever that kid is being done what that kid is doing it's not creation it's mimicking it's like taking orders so yeah. it's the same uh, osmosis, but uh, it's another advertisement. It's from a different angle. Hands-on learning for your little genius. Um, you know, again, they're selling it to parents, obviously. It's not about the kids. Um, and uh, from what I read about this product, it's like it comes with a, an, uh, like an iPad stand uh, and like some other boxes with little things that interact together with the iPad. Uh, and they're registering, I think, the kids' uh, interaction with this like pad at the bottom. Um, and so it's just very interesting, you know, they're definitely going, um, targeting parents in this way. Um, and then, um, let me see, I can move. The, like backhanded flattery in that one is so gross for your little genius. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I haven't seen this, but yeah. Oh, have, no, I, I thought you meant no, but Yeah. So this is also on the freeway. Uh, and it says background checks for a fairer future, you know, in checker. You know, another online company that's offering, you know, safety uh, and fairness, I guess, and and equality and social justice, uh, because, I mean, we've discussed that in the show, right, as a framework for a lot of these things, Uh, you know, DARPA, a lot of DARPA projects are, you know, regarding like the human brain, their frame under the, you know, the idea of helping people with PTSD, for example or, you know, like amputees, you know, and, and so, but these background checks uh, for a fair future, I don't know if you have any thoughts or evokes anything. I Will somebody first try to explain how background checks produce, I mean, just on like, on the face of it, just from the advertisement, can someone connect background checks in a fair future? I don't think I even know how to put those together. I think like the idea that, we're all supposed to start from like a level playing field. I mean, it's bullshit, of course, but 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think background checks, I immediately think guns is where my mind goes. But yeah, from like a credit standpoint. Um, I think, but I think background checks to me says, have you been, have you been in prison before? Have yeah. You, what's your are you, are you dangerous? Are yeah, you, what's your credit black? rating? How, are you from this country? Of course, now it's like vaccinated. It will be a piece of that. Background checks have historically been the opposite, like just they're literally the opposite of anything fair. I don't even know, actually know how you put those two things together, like in anyone's head, like background checks have been the basis for keeping whole sets of people in down in, in, in greater oppression than maybe other people, you know, I, I don't un- even understand how those two can be put together. Like I'm not being facetious. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. I think it's the same way that people invoke fairness with vaccines and masks. Like this idea that um, like it's only fair for everyone to do their part and like you're not allowed to be a threat, right? Uh, In the same way that, you know, being an immigrant could be seen as a threat, right? Or being unvaccinated, being in debt, having gone to prison for a petty nonviolent crime. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's untrue, but I do think that, yeah, it just reminds me of, I've heard fairness invoked a lot in terms of like, well, you can choose to not get your vaccine, but then um, be fair. Like don't come in the, in the store, (laughs) you know? I think there is like a, you know, the things that you mentioned, Lipson, about what the things that background checks check for, right? Uh, they've historically been about crime, right? Quote, unquote, crime. And um, and so, but now, like, I wonder if this also includes things like uh, your social media accounts. Because bef- I, I, be, I've known of people who, <laughs> who's bought, whose potential um, employers look at their social media, you know, as part of their hiring process. Uh, and so I wonder if this too, you know, is part of that. And, and, and what what will background checks be like in the future, right? Uh, yeah. What other information will they look at, you know, in terms of who you are? Because that's what a background check, I think, is fundamentally about, like identifying you, right? And, and, and having an idea of you as a person. Um, and so, you know, we've talked about and like the multitude of ways that they're uh, tracking ourselves, our data. Yeah. Well, so for me, I'm sorry, I, I actually think there literally is no way you can connect background check to fairness. Like, I don't even think you can, you can, like there some of these things we've been watching or looking at, you can see how, how they sell it. Like you can see the trajectory of it. I, I can't read this as anything other than saying to people who are living in fear that those of you who are in fear and are doing as you are told, you're going to be better off. Like, that's what this thing tells me. That, that's it. it. It only can be a message to those people who are literally playing by the rules that the state is now constructing for them and saying, if you play by our rules, you will get treated fairly. Meaning you're going to be out of this world of mess that we're making for people. You might get through. I, I can't read this any, any other way. I, I agree with you. And that was kind of my segue to me because to me this tactic is not new like we know this you know they, they sell us fear you know like look at elections right like i think it was, was it nixon or bush i don't know who but they use 
this, uh, you know, like black man that was on parole, you know, uh, and they were like, you know, saying how he committed a, a crime because he wasn't like, you know, allowed to leave. And so again, just fear is, is not new, right? To, to advance these things that are not good for anybody or for the society as a whole, absolutely. And so my, my biggest question here is like, well, most people actually do buy into that narrative. It's not new. You know, like a lot of people do, like even black communities themselves, you know, have advocated for more policing of their communities, right? Because of these, these uh, brainwashing and this uh, propaganda, right? That, that, that exaggerates an issue. You know, of you know, of safety, or this entails this illusion of safety by the authorities or the people that look at the backgrounds of criminals or potentially hazardous people to our society. You know, and that, and there is this, like, I think, illusion that we can sanitize, you know, bad things from happening completely in a society. And so, I think that's what drives people to just like look at this, and an average person and won't see a big deal. Like, if you're a law-abiding citizen. You know, like, what is your fear? That's literally a thing that I hear from people as a counter, right? Like, okay, but like, if you're, if you're playing by the rules, basically, like, you'll be fine. So you can never question the rules and who's, who's determining those rules. Yeah. I, and it's very, like, again, these people are not stupid. The background color to this is black. It's dark. Like, they are trying to set, this is set in an environment of fear. And of course, there's those pink words, fair future, that try to like say there's there's some hope here. Look, there's your hope. And here's how you get out. Here's how you keep yourself from going into the dark hole, you know, that we have planned for most everyone. You know, so it's amazing to me because I and I <clears throat> I think people who are seeing this subconsciously know that they're they we are living in a world of fear of a state and corporations that are really fucking us all over. And that there's a tremendous amount of fear about acknowledging that even, because if you start to acknowledge it, then you become some of the untouchables. You become among, among the unvaxxed and among the domestic terrorists and things like that. There's fear to even acknowledge. So these people live in that box of fear. And this kind of advertisement is directed right at them to say, if you just do as you're told, you, you, you will not face that dark future we have for most everyone else. I, it's crazy to me, but that, that's really what I think these people are saying. This is not even selling the cops to black people. This is literally saying we're, we're putting everyone in a prison, but your situation will not be as bad. It will be fair, if you will, for you, if you just do as you're told. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, Jessica, do you have any thoughts? Or? No, I think you said it really well, especially that part about you know, you can't question the rules. Like if you just, just play by the rules and you'll be fine. Like how many times have we all been told that within the past two years? No, so yeah, it's like, I guess it's what you're saying exactly. It's like, it's a threat to you, the reader, not a, not a selling of protection from other. Right. <laughs> this is, this is somebody who comes in to your, to your house, your business and said, you have a very nice place here. It would be a shame if something bad would happen. Exactly. And background checks too. I mean, it's the whole industry, right? It's always, they always, um, you know, it's the, like a third party, right? Every time you have to do a background check, like for an employer or something, it's not actually the employer conducting that background check. They pay a third party to do it. So it's all fucking capitalism again. 
Yeah, and especially in a society that is disassociated from each other, right? Like yeah. you don't know who the hell they, even you, the people you work with, you know, at times, like you don't even know them well. Like, so, you know, you, obviously your fear is of the other or the unknown is uh, taken advantage of, you know, because if you live in communities, at least that's my thought, like that we know people, we know people, that's the community I grew up in, you know, like <clears throat> there was no need for cops or, or like, you know, like uh, police, sorry, police cops, teachers, like the community would report to my mom, like if we were in trouble or if we, you know, we're doing something that we weren't supposed to do or they would just call attention, you know, and, and trust, you know, that we would listen to them too. And so at least that's just one way that I think it was. Yeah. And I'd be curious, Jessica, you're, because we both have, have had recent employment changes, which means we've had recent interviews, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that if, <clears throat> if the world of my interview was done in the world of Checker, there's, I don't think I'd get my job. Um, like my interview was done by me, which seems a little more old school to me. You know, some people saw my name on a, on a in, Indeed thing. Like I, one of the, I, I had, I had open, opened myself up for like, and they were looking for teachers. I'm a physics teacher and they were looking for a science teacher. They found a name. They contacted me. I talk to somebody uh, through Zoom, actually, and then I go and do a lesson in person and meet them in person. And it's it's that experience of actually meet them meeting me, meeting me, meeting them that shapes the possibility of my employment there based on what they, they had an experience of me. I had an experience of them. Once you get these sorts of institutions in, they, that just takes all that out. Like you are it. There isn't. You, you don't bring you anymore. It's like, they're just looking at, there's looking at a whole set of other things. Cause and I, I just feel like I look like a completely different employee from a group like checker versus what I was able to do and what was able to happen through the interview process with the, my new school. Yeah. It's like, we're supposed to trust a corporation or a third party, some anonymous entity to evaluate people's value in any given context more than like in Kenny's example, like your actual community that you grew up in and who know you. And they, I mean, they love that word trust, right? Like world economic forum. It wasn't that like their theme or whatever for last year or this year, like we've got to gain public trust and we have to shift it from people to corporations, states, public private partnerships all of this yeah well i'll do one real quick and then just the name of this company is just very interesting um do you see the still depend on a few sellers to meet quota do you see that yeah yeah okay, and so but the company name i didn't i was uh, we're driving fast the company name is mine tickle <laughs> so creepy <laughs> it's just that was just like you know, it's almost like a, you know, they're laughing at us, you know, like. It's like the nudge thing, just like the language, yeah. like weird, like bodily stuff, like combined with these <laughs> corporate, like tech. It's just creepy. Like a little finger coming into your ba- brain through your skull and t- trying to tickle your brain. It's- Remember how Facebook used to have that poke thing? Like you could poke someone and it was like literally the most pointless 
it was like interaction <laughs> that was just contentless and yeah it's oh it's weird and this is the last one i have for you um you see the employee without borders oh yeah and this is a uh, this is a this is near the airport where my mother works so a lot of the signs that i saw mine tickle about work about like you know consolidating and also there's another one that says um automate everything in in the it's an ai company that is coming for automating everything out and, and then this is one of the more significant ones to me like this one that i'm showing it says employee without borders the world is your hashtag the world is your hq and so uh, you know it's just like again and the like, company is called remote yeah i think so yeah remote.com yeah and so it's just like a you know symbolic of what you know what's happening right and so is this like gig economy like oh you can work from anywhere you're liberated yeah, yeah. this is <clears throat> this is sold as i mean it's it's somewhat sold as freedom it suggests almost freedom for workers to be like oh look i i could get a job from anyone but it it is the world of um workers internationally being being com competing with each other for the jobs and and employers being able to, to choose who is best for their whatever they're doing anywhere on the globe um and uh it's probably also like employee without health insurance and employee without child care and well that's the whole i mean that's the race to the bottom part i mean yeah. that's all that that all that means is cheaper and I, again, I think this is directed to the, the people that come to San Francisco, you know, the, the investors in a way. Uh, a lot of the advertisement near the airport is about a AI to automize things. Uh, it's about, uh, you know, data management, like a lot of commercials, a lot of billboards uh, where, you know, Salesforce, the cloud, it's a company that like basically does analytics for data for companies. And so they partner up with like Mercedes-Benz, with JetBlue, uh, with uh, like other companies to, um, you know, and, and so they're advertising that, that they're in partnership, that the cloud is going to help us, you know, all like be much better. And so it, again, it's just that this is the thing that I, I see every day when I go drop my mom off to work uh, and pick her up. And it, it, it's just coming into the city that is like more, you know, the, the San Francisco, you know, you're coming into a different twilight zone. Um, and, and so it's just so interesting because I, I literally just came back from Central Valley and the, the advertisement is completely different. You know, the Central Valley where like masks are not required, like one out of 10 businesses do require it. <laughs> Most people are maskless and, you know, in this context and, and people do have to show up to work because they work in the fields. They have to, you know, prepare sustenance, you know, for the rest of California and the U.S., the other look, thing at is, this, look at the shell sign right next to it too. <laughs> like, I mean, they've plundered the earth without any respect for borders, right? <laughs> I mean, right. But I, the thing that came to mind for me is how jacked up this all looks. Like the employee without borders sign just suggests motion and openness and expansion. And the, the world that this billboard is set in looks fucking old and fucked up like it, it looks kind of broken even it's shell, of course shell it's the company but 
it looks like the seventies, you know, like, like it looks fixed, like, like, and not, and not properly taken care of. Um, and, and when I say fixed, I mean like as if it was set in a time and, and just stuck there. So it, it's, it's interesting that this, that this, that this billboard that suggests a, such a different future and it is coming is still set in a world that's so kind of like ugly kind of broken kind of like just kind of like jacked up and, and to me it also like it's almost a defiance because you know like people like us who advocate for open borders right uh and because we think that's necessary right for a fair world and you know and for fighting the capitalist class um and here they are look we're gonna give you your borderless <laughs> world, you know <laughs> But it's not what you were asking for. Yeah. Happy now. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, it's it's almost honestly kind of like uh, like a slap on the face, like to me personally, like, yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, assholes, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's my part. So. I actually would have loved to do what you did, Kenny, of like take pictures around town, but I don't have a smartphone. So I don't have a camera in my <coughs> pocket like anymore. Um, so yeah, what I did, uh, which one? Okay, this one. So this one was, I think this was a product that was released maybe last year. And it's Will I Am, you know, from Black Eyed Peas. Um, and he did this, it's called the super mask with an X, uh, in partnership with Honeywell. And so I have the, like an article that kind of talks more about it here. Um, it's $300 first of all, this face mask, and it has like all these gadgets, uh, like Bluetooth headphones. Um, I don't even like, I don't know how you clean it, but yeah, so tech packed face mask that features everything from noise canceling headphones to Bluetooth connectivity. Um, and it, I think it's really interesting that it's partnering, he partnered with Honeywell. Um, so Honeywell's like a huge yeah. multinational conglomerate responsible for all sorts of ecological destruction. There's super fun sites all over the East coast because of, you know, ground pollution, contamination of waterways. Um, but here they are, right? Like making this, it's got HEPA filters in it. Um, and I guess it's like a sort of cyberpunk uh, vibe. Um, so I don't, I mean, I don't think this really took off, <laughs> um, but it's a little window and, and like the use of celebrities to, right. To popularize these sorts of, um tech um and then i'll show the other one and then maybe we can like compare them or do you want to no i i think we should look this one and then go to the next one um okay. i mean oh, oh um like the in the idea that they're selling a mask like they're that they they have something in mind like this mask is not supposed to go away um, and they're attempting to institutionalize it, obviously to make it cool, obviously to make it something that you can really just 
you can hide yourself, you can tune the world out, you can just have music blasting through your brain. They also talked, I saw something about LED lights coming off of it. And yeah. it's, it is a, they're selling a kind of transformation. Um, and whether, I'm glad it's not popular, um, but there's such an intentionality of saying, can we, can we get people to, to be thrilled at and and to really be excited about being masked um can we make it cool and can we make it uh something that people want um it's not something now but when we talk about how kids are so masked right now and how many of them have acclimated to it 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 really suggests a permanence to this masking um that's that's pretty chilling I, 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 some years ago, there was a massive fires near San Francisco, you know, and the, remember Lipson, we did an episode and the, it was the sky, we woke up to a red sky, you know, and it happened in the Pacific Northwest too. And I remember like just the, the gloominess of that time, you know, and, and driving through the Bay Bridge and coming into San Francisco and seeing this dense, like, uh, we usually have a lot of, um, what do you call, uh, fog but this was a dense smoke, you know, and like it gave like a reddish tone, like as if we were living in Mars. And so I remember thinking like, oh damn, you know, we have a future where we're gonna have to wear masks. Cause that was the first time we had to wear masks here collectively. You know, it wasn't mandated, but most people did it because it was just thick ash falling on us. And so, you know, to my surprise then, you know, like a year later or two, you know, we started the pandemic and now it's been two years of this thing, two years of working with masks, you know, two years of people taking pictures and forgetting they are wearing masks, you know, two years of people forgetting they're wearing masks by themselves in open areas. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's just so much in the rain, two years of kids, just like you said, Lipson, it's just like they're being programmed again. And, and, and so we'll, now it's an accessory, right? It's an accessory, just like an iPhone. It's uh, and this is what they're selling you here. I think it's like you can uh, add a cool factor, you know, to to your experience, and um, you know, and it's so uh, it doesn't. We don't even question, right? Like the whether it's not even a question whether it should be wearing masks. You know, might as well make the best of it and give us some money, I guess. You know, to these stars that put their name behind these these things that they don't create. You know, like uh, they, you know, tech companies or, you know, they come to them to pitch this stuff and maybe they'll get some royalties and stuff to get it. But they, they don't create it. The people driving this, it's not the artists, it's, you know, they're just, you know, like tools of the pushing this stuff. But uh, the people behind them are the ones who really like know what's going to happen if, you know, it's worth taking a venture, you know, into investing in, in doing something like this and, and pushing it into society. So. I agree with you, Lipson. You know, it's been two years. We don't know when it's going to end. You know, they're, they're, they keep us on our toes. You know, they keep saying, oh, you can take it off, put it on. And, and no one questions that. There's no resistance in mass in, in reality. And, and so it is scary, you know, at least for me, from going to, from a, a situation where there were fires and it was hard to breathe and like probably dangerous, you know, because we could literally see the threat to now living in a society where the threat is 
sold to us, it's not tangible. They can just summon it at any time and ask us to wear this again. And there is no real questions being asked as to, is it really necessary? Is, it, is there damage that is, comes from this? You know, you're just supposed to, I guess, submit and might as well get a cool thing, right, while you're at it. I remember hearing Corey Morningstar like way back in 2020. Uh, I thought she made such a good point. She was talking about how like at first, you know, they were asking us to social distance and to not gather and stay home and all of this. And she she said something to the effect of like, but they really needed something to sell, right? Like that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to like you know, just ask you to do these behavioral changes. They had to have something visible and that you could sell. And it, yeah, now it's like a whole new category of um, pollution, right? Um, The single use masks and you have like Prada and Gucci masks and just, you know, patterns. You've got school mascot, right? Emblems plastered on them. I mean, my school like sent out you know, two masks to everybody, right? When the mask mandate took off, right? With like the school emblem. Um, and then, okay, the other one. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to um, be here a long time if we're going to do all these. Well, it's just, first off, you wouldn't even know that was Will I Am. Yeah. Like, that all man. you need is the VR set from Kenny's ad, and you literally have no face left. Right. I mean, all. They, with the glasses, now the hat, and he, you wouldn't even, like, it's very interesting how this is being sold. Like, you remove, like, there's his name down there, um, but it it is just, I don't know, they're just taking people, they're taking people's faces away. Um, and because he's got these glasses on that are just like, again, you don't see his eyes even. Um, and just... The way they sell the color of that mask within the context of the, that blue hat that matches the, some of the blue of his jacket, the red that matches some of like he's just an outfit. Like he looks closer to an avatar actually at this point. Um, and I don't know, it's just something weird about that to me. And of course, I think the main the main cr- like criticism people had of this mask though, of like why it didn't take off, like wasn't any of what we're talking about. It was just the cost. It's because it's three hundred dollars. Yeah. Like if this was twenty bucks, I bet so many kids would would be wearing it. Yeah. You can move on then. Okay. Okay, so this one's a little extreme, but it was so creepy. I saw it the other day, I think, on Twitter. Um, so there's a video for this one. Lord. Can you guys see the see that? Are those humans or are those like? I don't know, dude. Um, they look human to me. They look like CGI. Yeah, it's really creepy. A ring, a wearable air purifier designed to generate a pure and refreshing atmosphere around the user's face. Graceful lines of the air ring naturally extend the human body with unseen usability, comfort, and style. Within the elegant air ring are advanced and powerful modules, a sufficient battery array, and silent air turbine. The generated airstream is filtered by HEPA, sterilized by UV radiation, and cleaned by carbon filters. A precisely delivered purified airflow 
forms a sterile perimeter around the user's face. The air ring is self-guiding and easy to operate. One touch and a snap is enough to disconnect the magnetic mask and firmly connect it with the main compartment in a single motion. The air ring folds and slides off. Simply slide on an unfolded air ring and you're ready for action. The snap magnetic mask is for extra protection. Air ring is ready to go. Different masks and screens are available. The full face screen mask maximizes your personal protection. Extremely adaptive, reliable, and user-friendly. Air ring fits with any outfit for any situation. Ready for action. Open for communication. Free to smile. Suitable for fitness. Always with you so you can enjoy breathing. Uncover adventure. Air ring designed with joy. I'm like not convinced that this is not just trolling. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh I didn't look super deep into into the company. Like they've got a website and stuff, but I, I'm not I'm not convinced that this one is not just like, complete trolling. I do think it speaks to like so at work, um, you know, we were my bosses were super freaked out at the beginning and they were disinfecting every little thing, you know, they're the premise that anything you touch you could get the virus, right? And so that was the first wave of, of um, fear, you know, that was hitting people. Long story short is that we've moved on like so much, right? And there's new information, if you believe it, and there's new um, information um, that even the CDC, right, that they have uh, stopped pushing. The point is that my boss, who was freaking out two years ago, then now is kind of evolved with the CDC was had a blue light in the office facing the keyboard, you know, because like he's afraid or he, or I guess he believes that that is going to kill the virus, you know, that's on the keyboards. And so two years later, the, 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 this fear is still present in people's minds, uh, you know, and, and so they're willing to buy these like, gadgets that are supposed to aid in, in you know, it make you feel safe um and i i don't know it's just, it's just crazy to me that you know people have not involved in, in their ideas about the dangers of this virus uh, even with like more information being out there you know they they're still caught in this psychosis you know in a way yeah and jessica this is not trolling i i've just looked it up i mean this is real like you can buy it I mean, I just looked up the company Air Ring. Um, let me see how much it costs. I can't find out how much it costs. They won't. They won't. Love the part me. where they're like, "It's it's perfectly comfortable." <laughs> this looks extraordinarily uncomfortable. Well, the one thing I'm also wondering: so those lights that are that are that are being projected onto your face is that UV light? I think so. I think it's, yeah. So, it was I mean, disinfecting. Like, you, UV light is, can't, too much exposure to UV light is connected to cancer on your skin cancer. Like, 
first of all, I don't even know, like, if you wore that too much, if you were a paler person, it would possibly cause discoloration in that area. I don't understand it. Well, I mean, masks, masks, already just the regular disposable masks for some people cause all sorts of rashes and stuff. There's a colleague of mine who, um, she works like out, um, kind of in like almost like a secretary. She's not a secretary, but like a secretary sort of setup. So she doesn't have her own office. And she was telling me like, oh my God, I've had like the worst rash, like all over my face for like a year because she's never allowed to take off her mask because she doesn't have like a enclosed office. Yeah. She's there eight hours a day. So it's like, I don't know people, if people are willing to put up with that, who cares if you know, you have a freaking tan line around your Wow. Your, your job. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I also know someone who um well happens to be totally against all of this crap, but uh her kids have to wear masks at school and she got so sick of washing them um that she bought a disinfecting sun lamp, which I'm assuming is a similar like light technology. So you just like stick it under and you don't have to bother like washing yeah. it with water and everything. Yeah. And that is something, I mean. So one thing people do for, for uh, uh, goggles, safety goggles, is often they will store them in a UV like container, closed container, and that UV light kills bacteria, kills anything that's on it, which it should because it's cancer causing. Like it, it destroys the DNA. Yeah. Of it breaks up the DNA. Like it's 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 high energy radiation. Uh, but here it's gonna kill all the good bacteria. Like you wear this thing for a year, you're going to have tooth problems. I mean, what happens like when you get, like get exposed to a cold or something? You didn't see the, the footnote. It said that it whitens your teeth as it protects you from COVID. Yeah, like when they smile at the end. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> it probably does. Well, and the, the fact that the people themselves, they didn't, they looked CGI'd. Mm. It's like very strange. weird 80s, like, Stranger Things music. <laughs> oh, I, I just thought of like Brave New World, like people who were going to, you know, like three years from being put to pasture. Like wax dolls almost. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's chilling. And again, this is not fact check or follow with science and safety, right? Like, you know, people who question the vaccines are the unsafe and creating unsafe situations. Uh, but this is, you know, out there. And there, there is some impressive engineering here. Like the magnets that click onto things. It's an amazing amount of thought being put into this monstrosity. That's disgusting. And like, that's possibly hurting people. Well, definitely hurting people, definitely hurting society that we're being told that this is even necessary or even something that we should. And then of course, almost trying to sell it and even selling it sexually it's it's nuts to me it's like it is again it's the will i am thing like hey here's a pretty person person you associate being cool and hip and blah 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 and you can be this way too and now like they're really doing this they're trying to sell this thing yeah i i wasn't going to bring up the like sexuality of it but it like there's like two young women who look almost like dolls or like 
like staring really hard into each other's eyes and sort of like dancing and it's really weird and like sexualized it's weird yeah like the people who are, did this there's nothing wrong with them like they're not normal next one <laughs> yeah um let me see where i want to go from here oh, okay so this was yeah we we can skip this one i guess because this is um these are from twitter they like every time i get on twitter i get the quest ads all over i don't know what like what if that's for everyone or if they just like something in the algorithm thinks makes them think that i really you know am their target customer but yeah the same one uh from your billboard kenny and then there's another one here with a I just, Same product, but with like a, a woman of color, it looks like, I think, um, and if we, like a tennis dress. So, yeah, like the, the, the quote there is, is yeah. like, zombies are ready. You know, like who are the zombies? Like, are they like the video games? Because I, when I see someone, me included, getting caught in the, on my phone, you know, and like I see a zombie, you know, and now someone like fully immersed in this VR world, like, that's a zombie-like person to me. Yeah, so it says, uh, for people who maybe are listening, the VR you've been waiting for is here. Zombies are ready. Your squad is ready. Space is ready. Quest 2 from 299 pounds. I don't know why this one's in uh, British currency. And then also, like, the refer your friends for a chance to win $10,000 in Oculus store credit. Like, oh, it's a subscription service, you know. You're, like, you're not just going to buy one. Like, you're going to keep coming back. A year of free games. I'll go to this one. All right. I actually almost bought this product, like, maybe four or five years ago. Maybe not that long. Maybe even more recently. So this is the Aura Ring, um, which is, like, a wearable ring. And it's mainly, I believe, for tracking sleep. But I think um, you can wear it all day, and it'll give you, like, heart rate and a bunch of, you know, health-related data um so yeah it's a picture of this like gold ring uh, and it says know why you feel how you feel because you couldn't figure that out yourself you definitely need a piece of technology to tell you why you feel the way you feel um and interestingly uh this particular product has actually been mandated for certain uh, I don't know how pervasive it is, but I know like certain squadrons in the Air Force have to wear it as part of their uniform, along with, I think it's like a Garmin smartwatch. So it's it's actually required um, that they wear these so that they can be tracked and have their their health sur health surveilled more than it already is, right? For for military who are already like micromanaged on every level. I mean, the thing that keep Brandy and I have to probably remove this. We we got in, into this not the, the 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 ring thing. We got was it several years ago before we ran into Allison. We messed up my life. Um, the um, we bought well those like those those little pads you put under your bed, and they tell you your heart rate and your breathing rate and. You know, my brother had told me about something with your phone. You could put your phone next to something and, and had an app. And he said, you should check this out, you know? And I was like, oh, it's pretty neat. I know Brandy was into it. You kind of use it as a way of trying to get you a sense of your sleep. We got to unhook that damn thing. Um, 
and she's going to hear that episode now. And after she hears this episode, I'm going to bring it up um, because like, it's just, what are we doing? You know, um, I don't have the ring on, but we do have these little pads underneath our bed that to a company shoot this information. And I don't think we're helping ourselves get having that information in the, in the first place. Like it tells me where my resting heart rate, I can kind of see it go up and down, you know, per night. And when I'm a little more stressed, you can see it's a little higher. Um, it tells you how long I was sleeping and when, when you're our, our rent, I don't even know how good it does. It just, so what this just tells me is like already I've been bought into some of these elements. And I got to just, I just got to get out. Well, I think it's important. I mean, it's not bad to take down data on your own body. I mean, I practice fertility awareness and I take my temperature every morning. Mm. Uh, but who gets that data, right? Like who has that data of your heart rate, Andy, and who, you know, on this, like how many hours you're sleeping and <sighs> yeah, when it's attached to an app, that's not usually a good sign. Mm-hmm. But these, this is definitely, I mean, you look at that little technology right along the inside of the ring. I mean, wearables are just coming and obviously they're here. Um, and Kenny, you mentioned it in one of the advertisements and you know, it's disturbing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, not just, but yeah, this, we've, we talked about data, right. And like, like this, um, when we talked with Jake about the arc of history towards like a more like empiricist world, right? Like when you want to measure everything and every little thing, and, and this like this obsessive um, emphasis on just measuring everything is just it's just exhausting, you know. Like, and I see people who do this stuff who are so into their Fitbits, their Apple watches, right? And that gives them feedback on their daily activity. And, you know, like you really need all that to know, you know, like to feel good. And and I actually see that they don't feel good because they feel stressed because they didn't get 10,000 steps in that day, you know? And instead of, you know, just like being in the moment, right? Like, yeah, like right now, you know, damn, I didn't go on my run, but like, I'll go tomorrow, you know, like, and I'll just enjoy this moment. It's like, no, I didn't get my quota, you know? And so you're being nudged already in, you know, to a degree, like choosing ourselves to subject ourselves to that, right? Like, uh, uh, and, and I just can't understand it. I disabled the tracking uh, uh, app or on, on like the what this, your phone, your, I have an iPhone <laughs> and they track your steps and I disabled all that, you know? And I forgot I did it until people wanna compare our steps. And then I remember I didn't, I don't have it anymore. And I, and I feel free actually, because at one point I was obsessed over it. I was tracking it, you know, years ago and, and it's just not liberating at all. You know, I know when I feel good. I know when I feel heavy and like, <laughs> you know, I know when I've been sitting down for too long, you know, like no one has to tell me. And I don't, and also don't have to be an amazing athlete, you know, to be healthy. And, you know, and like, like always be competing with myself, you know, and I think that is an element of measuring everything you do and eat also like also those people that, you know, measure every little thing they eat. Uh, that's what I see with these two. It's, it's, there's no difference to me. You know, it's, there's actually studies um, 
the eating thing made me think of this where, you know, two people can eat the same exact quantity of the same exact meal. And if you eat it in a rushed manner, your body's in a state of stress, um, you know, maybe you're in your car, um, you, your body will not absorb the nutrients. Your body will not process that meal in the same way that somebody who is sitting down, being present, taking their time, maybe they're in community, um, like sharing a meal with others. Like it's not, it's not just like mental, it's actually physical, like that whole being present. It sounds like woo woo and like mindfulness and all of that. But I think like these things, and I've, I've totally been guilty of like falling into some of the tracking stuff in the past too. Uh, But I think it's not just like unnecessary. It's actually part of what over time, like if you're relying on this stuff uh, to measure, like if you're succeeding in, in whatever area of your life, you actually start to lose the ability to know, like, as the ad says, like why you feel how you feel, or you don't, you don't, maybe you wouldn't actually realize like, Oh, I'm feeling heavy today or, Oh, I'm feeling tired or, whatever. And, and you just become more dissociated and more detached from your body. And then that leads to all kinds of shit. Right. Um, I mean, that's like a trauma response. Like what do sexual, um, abuse survivors, like that's like a key component of that, right? Like the only way to get through that experience is to disassociate from your body. Um, so we're all, I think on some level, like we're all kind of fighting that trauma response. Yeah. And I would say that's the thing I was, I was also thinking about is looking at the know why you feel how you feel in a society that is really wrenching us from ourselves more and more and dissociating ourselves to not be able to know how we feel, why we feel. And then in the context of our own confusion, trying to supply this answer. This answer that is not an answer. Actually, there's no there's no answer there. It doesn't. It gives you some numbers, but I that I it is I do not believe it is an accurate guide by any understanding of what that word accurate means, which means close to the truth on sleep readiness and activity. Like it's it doesn't it doesn't do that, but it does train us to look in the wrong place um, and to look at the numbers. Look at these numbers that are actually going to move us away from a right answer of sleep or readiness or activity or whatever. I don't even know if red, I don't know what readiness is supposed to be doing. That's not what I think about when I think about assessing myself. Like I do think sometimes did I sleep all right or not, you know, but readiness, I don't, I don't know. I wake, I wake up better. I'm more alert in the morning. Sometimes, sometimes I'm not alert in the morning and I have to make a sense of that. I can guarantee you we've been doing three years of the sleep tracker and I don't think I've ever used that to make any sense of it, which I'm glad about at one level, but like, what the fuck am I still hooked up to this thing for? You know, who does look at readiness? The military. (laughs) Yes. And if we, and all this shit is DARPA. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, just to go back to the trust thing from earlier, it's like, no, trust yourself. Trust your own intuition. Like your when your body has a response, whether it's tiredness or, you know, maybe you're quick to temper a certain day, like you feel crappy, you feel like you're getting a cold or flu. 
that's your body sending a message to you. Like that's data in the most natural way, right? Like you should learn to trust that. And, you know, if you feel sick, you stay home, you have soup, you (laughs) make a fresh juice, you get extra sleep. And people have done that for some time. And that is being undone. Yeah. And I think it's um, like implied in all this is the idea that um, you are also a thing that can be tinkered to me to be optimized, you know, and for, uh, you know, to be like a essentially a good machine, (laughs) you know, like uh, not a human who, you know, will have their downs, you know, for many reasons and have emotions and, you know, and like complicated things that are not measurable really. And, but they are selling us that, you know, everything can be measured and you can be made perfect, I guess, you know, and, and improved in a way. And so it's, to me, again, it speaks to that whole notion of dissatisfaction, you know, in, in that, um, in, and yeah, and we're expecting these people to tell us, you know, what that means and with some numbers and and again I don't see solutions just like you said I I see more of like an actually worsening of that situation <laughs> happening and then they'll have a product for whatever that worse looks like it also looks like Sauron's goddamn ring I know so like Frodo like one ring to rule, <laughs> to rule them all and I just how yeah what like what you were saying Kenny. I just can't, it makes me think of mind tickle. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you're going to remember the name forever. You're gonna, you're geniuses. <laughs> they, are, they are so smart. Oh, God damn. You man. ever feel numb in your brain? Like you, have, you just got to get mind tickled. Yep. So I can increase my readiness and activity. There we go. So creepy. Um, Actually, this one, I was going to skip this one, but I think it flows nicely from what we were just talking about. Um, okay, so this is a, uh, like a biosciences ad that I saw on Twitter that was like promoted. Um, we leverage our discovery engine and intellectual property portfolio to identify and build the next generation of psychedelic and cannabinoid medicines for the mind and body. And then there's like this image of a tree like an artistic sort of drawing of a tree and it says inspired by nature refined by science next generation mental health so it's just yeah i mean it's interesting like particularly that it's on psychedelics and cannabinoids right which are very powerful plants which can be used uh in more of like a holistic health setting um oftentimes as kind of a a better alternative, I would argue, than some of the drugs that, you know, people suffering with mental health stuff, PTSD, whatever, right? Like these, these are actually really um, helpful tools. But of course, anything good has to be co-opted and, and tinkered with. Uh, So you have, yeah, I just find the whole inspired by nature, refined by science, really disgusting. It's like nature can never be good enough just the way it is. Like we have to improve or augment it. Oh, and what, what do those leaves of that tree look like? It's a brain. Oh, the, yeah, the picture, the shape yeah. of the tree. Yeah. It's a brain. And they are showing a brain through the leaves, like suggesting this brain 
Yeah. And then you have these branches that lead to a central root. Mm-hmm. And so th- these cannabinoids or whatever, these things are supposed to feed into your natural, like it's, it suggests something natural, which is a root system and a trunk and things, things branching out into these leaves. But underneath it is a message of like of injection of, of putting these things into your brain to, to help you be better. And it's, it's so fucked up that they simultaneously take a a picture, which is supposed to make us associated with nature and natural and describe a process that is entirely invasive and unnatural. And, you know, like not, not something that this is not somebody going on a vision quest here. You know, this is, it's messed up. Yeah. And again, who created the mental health crisis? <laughs> I, for me, like, obviously all that thing, the things that you expressed, but I'm, I'm very curious about on the quote. Like, it almost sounds like they're pitching this to an investment firm, you know, or like a, a venture capitalist firm, because we leverage our discovery engine and intellectual property portfolio to identify and build the next generation of psychedelics and cannabinoids. But it's like leverage our discovery. Yeah. Intellectual. And they have the NASDAQ thing at the bottom too. Correct. Yes, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this is not an advertisement for people. This is an advertisement for investors. <laughs> you know, and it's just old and, you know, uh, I don't want any of this. <laughs> like, I'll just have my psychedelics pure thanks i just give me regular old mushrooms and <laughs> yeah little shiitake and varic i don't there's I, there's something going on there with that goddamn name too i'm sure man it's just again and we've talked about this concept you know the whole um how they've captured nature right and in, in, in like calling things or evoking nature in order to sell us something you know holistic i guess i guess that's the idea <laughs> but um you know and even like in the names of a lot of companies right like uh the the cloud is one that is so present here that it's by salesforce you know and salesforce is a massive you know multi-billion operation um the, oh, the other thing though um do you see those wavy lines mm-hmm. what's going on is that just something is that just because of the image or is that a fingerprint what the hell it, going? it, it actually it makes me think of a fingerprint for sure. Yeah. Oh Lord, there's something else going on there. That's freaky. All I know is I don't like the fact that I, these images are simultaneously pleasing to look at and mm-hmm. disturbing. Okay, I'm going to stop sharing for one second because I just wanted to read a quote. It's one of my favorite quotes that really speaks to what uh, Kenny was saying. It's from Simone de Beauvoir. Um, have it here because we just uh, talked about it in my gender class. Um, okay. One of the ruses of oppression is to camouflage itself behind a natural situation, since after all, one cannot revolt against nature. Mm. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. And I think that's again, speaks to like why a lot of these people 
talk about this technology as evolution, you know, some evolutionary natural process, you know, from for us. Um, yeah. When when did Simone de Beauvoir write? Like, mm. like what time period is she from? Second sex was nineteen forty nine, so forties, fifties. I mean that she's she's looking through the lens of feminism, mm -hmm. but I think yeah the parallel is pretty clear. So this is a T-Mobile five G, which these like when I was living in Seattle, these five G ads with the pink T-Mobile were everywhere around town yeah. and they had the big like t-mobile building which was always lit up with these creepy hot pink lights <laughs> um so no signal goes farther or is more reliable with these like laser beams coming out from the 5g tower and then the other one 5g for all so kind of like co-opting the medicare for all justice for all type of liberation language within this enclosure of the uh, continental U.S. border. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> and then that little little thing there. No signal is more reliable traveling far and deep than 600 megahertz. It's that it's weird language stuff. We'll all get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I it this is a new area for me and in fact I do think we need to do an episode like on 5G. Yeah. Um you know I know that when Paul Hader had did an one of our episodes and we and it got taken down cuz yeah. He was like 5G is bad for you and but I I'm I got real questions that I hadn't had before. Um it is electromagnetic radiation and radiation is used to heat food, <laughs> you know, the stuff we don't see to like shoot through our bodies um, to say that we can just be soaked in electromagnetic radiation. Oh, it's lower energy. And just think that somehow nothing's going to happen. That, that is an experiment, which is ongoing. Like, and to be in this COVID period where clearly an experiment is ongoing has made me more aware of how many experiments are ongoing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, hundreds, if not thousands of scientists all over the world have have um, talked about this and have tried to raise awareness um, of the dangers, not just to humans, but it's really, really, really dangerous to wildlife. Bird. I mean, already the light pollution fucks with so many aspects of the ecosystem. Um, but even if we set aside debates over the health stuff, I just, I one of the reasons I included this is because the fourth industrial revolution just does not go forward without 5g. Like this is, this is foundational. Mm -hmm. Can I share one more thing that relates to this? For uh, sure. Um, here we go. And then, so this is another piece of advertisement everywhere. And so it's about the pixel six uh, uh, from Google. It's a phone. Can you see that without my. Yeah. Yeah. And so. It says like in big quotes, and there are massive billboards everywhere in the city. You know, it's a phone, right? And it says, "For all you are." What is going on with that? 
God, these poor black women, every single goddamn ad is a black woman. It's so fucked up. But it's, you know, like, again, the, this 5G network in conjunction with your phone. Yeah, I see that. And tell you all you are, you know, and like all you are is containing this phone. Yeah. Yes. And it's like enclosing her body, literally, like the borders of the phone. But she's also coming out of it. Yeah. Transformed, so, transhuman. It, it's like the Osmo kind of thing where the blending of the outside world to the inside world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. I mean, your phone will tell you who you are, right? Yeah. And everything, like all the data collected, because, you know, the phone is the biggest sensor, right? That's what uh, Jake has brought up. It's the biggest sensor that is around us right now. Well, and those truckers with their, with the idea, like, we, they didn't have to scan them because they'd already, he'd already been scanned to get his truck to be allowed to take his truck across the Canadian border because he was vaxxed and, you know, for all you are. Right. And, you know, you back, we'll go back to that background check, right? Like as long as you present your phone with everything you are, you'll be fine. You know, if you're, if, if you have nothing to fear, right? Like if you're a good law abiding citizen, yeah, you're, you, you're going to share your phone. You know, where are you hiding? Yep. Actually, I have a trucker one and this one, I didn't actually pull this for this. I, I'm like a very aggressive screenshotter. I don't know. I just have folders full of like weird screenshots. Mm -hmm. Um, and I screenshotted this last year. I can't remember where I saw it, uh, but it's a trucker hat put out by Ford um, designed to keep truckers awake on these long, long distance drives. Right. So like trying to turn them into robots, basically. It's called Safe Cap. Safe Cap is designed to keep you awake. Does it say and alert? I can't see because Zoom is blocking my. Hmm. Um, Safe Cap is designed to keep you awake, and it was developed by Ford and creative agency GTB. It uses sensors to track head movements. An estimated 250,000 Americans fall asleep while driving every day. I'll see if I can find the ad really fast. Like the video of it, because it's really creepy. And humans are a liability, right? That's why we need automation. Okay, here it is. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to skip this and just go straight to the, you know, self-driving. Self-driving vehicles, yeah. But it's still creepy and just...
gosh. Um, it reminds me of the Amazon uh, trucks with the like retina scan to make sure that you're, I don't know, just enslaved in every way possible. Well, it's just interesting to me that like there's not, obviously what's not questioned is what is the situation that puts a person to drive themselves to like go late, like just drive and drive and drive to the point of they can't sleep. Like what's going on in that person's life and that person's profession. And the fact that it was, it was so common in Brazil, a country of immense poverty. And then to think that the solution to this problem is the cap that kind of keeps you awake. <laughs> I mean, like maybe just give the guy a break. <laughs> like why not? Let's, let's make these more humane conditions under which these folks work. So that maybe you would limit these sorts of accidents. Um, like maybe that's the thing that you should be looking into. Like what kind of working conditions are connected to living conditions are connected to having to make a living where you have to drive yourself so hard where, you know, no one wants to be in a multi-ton vehicle and fall asleep, you know? Um, and it's just, it just it, it in many ways it reminds me it reminds me of vaccines to be that are being themselves sold as something that is supposed to be dealing with the the the, the lack of health in these poor countries so we just can inject health into people in some ways like that's the myth in some ways like there's a, some sort of easy solution that they've destroyed these countries we've made it so that there's some things that are da dangerous for people there so here we have a solution which is this poke with these chemicals um like every this is a thread on every single image and ad we've looked at is just a complete disregard for the underlying cause of whatever problem it's pretending to solve <laughs> yes. Yes. like we can look at cancer we can look at you know any illness uh and um yeah, like it's just easier to because it not only diverts from the issues, right? But sells a false solution. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just everywhere. In but it's just it's just scary to me that like people know, like to some degree, that like, some of these things are ridiculous, but yet you know they're still present, they're still around, you know, and and so those same conditions that we should be questioning create the condition to not question these things, you know? And because like people know, I think like, you know, regarding the vaccines, a lot of this stuff, people have a, like a lot of people that I talk to that are not very politically active. Usually they have a sense that something is wrong, but it's like, what am I going to do type of situation, you know? And and so that to me is more demoralizing a bit, you know, like that they know, but like they don't have the energy to, you know, they're so encapsulated in, in all of these nudging and stressors. And like, because like that hat that we just saw, like, you know, it is ridiculous, but we are, ourselves are poked all the time in those ways. At least that's how I feel. And, and, and nudge and coerce into doing things we don't want to do. Uh, we we do sacrifice because we don't see a way to changing 
this this tall task, right, of changing the underlying conditions of of that create this craziness, and you know, and 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 also like where people, you know, end up fighting each other um, instead of, you know, seeing what what is the big issue here. Well, for me, when I think about people accepting these things or being prepared to just like take this in. I think about the background check for a fair future. Like, um, I do think there's some, I do think there's an awareness of how dark this stuff is. That's that we're heading towards. But like, if you don't think there's an alternative, then the fair future is right there. If you just shut the fuck up and, and you tell anybody this is happening to us, right? This is definitely happening to Brandy. When you talk to somebody who does not see what's happening and literally does not want to see, they will just tell you to shut the fuck up. Like, what are you doing talking to me about this? What are, how are you trying to fuck my life up with your nonsense? And I mean nonsense because it's something that is actually a better explanation than the story they have. But if they go down that road, they're, there's no coming back. And that's not a pleasant road. It, it, so if you want that fair future, then just, then just wear the hat. Okay. Should I do like one more? Yeah. Let's do this one. Okay. I wanted to include this one. Well, let me describe it first. Just um, so this is from uh, the student newspaper at the University of Washington, and they have these ads every single issue. Um, and they're ads for, for or like basically um, uh, like calls for fertility egg donors. Um, and okay, two out of three are women of color again. Um, and they market this, uh, okay, earn up to $10,000 through egg donation at ORM Fertility. Another one says, pay off student debt, build your savings or save for a trip all while helping a family. And then another one has a quote. Uh, I'm so excited that I'm able to help a couple with a baby who weren't able to on their own. Um, so, I mean, maybe on the surface, this seems like a little bit of a divergence from some of the other stuff that's very like tech in your face, like fourth industrial revolution. But I included this just because the fertility industry is a huge, huge part of the four IR. Um, and it just like with this other stuff, like it's already here. Um, this idea of just modifying people's bodies, especially women's bodies. I mean, <laughs> setting aside the fact that it, it's disgusting that somebody would need to sell their eggs in order to get an education. I mean, the, the marketing is just beyond vile. Uh, it, yeah. It just, I can't even, I don't even have words for the, the one that's like pay off your student debt. Mm -hmm. um, and it, in the context of literally a student newspaper. Um, but I mean, this is just taking off this whole industry of, um, fertility like so many women and men right are having fertility issues because the environment is so toxic and we're all so sick and we're really moving toward 
just a whole, a whole brave new world of like synthetic wombs. Um, you know, the whole idea of men giving birth, right. That we can just like cut somebody open, like stick a uterus transplant in, pump them full of chemicals, um, and then like call it something natural. Uh, IVF is, I don't even know how big of an industry, uh, how much, how much it's worth now. It's huge, like huge, huge, huge surrogacy and yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw like they they put a pig's heart into a human for the first time recently. It's just it's just crazy. Um and this like this stuff of just commodifying fertility, commodifying women's reproductive labor uh is just I think it's really important and it's often kind of like an overlooked aspect of the fourth industrial revolution conversation. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely think about like the NIH studies that are being started now to look at what the effect on menstrual cycles and things like that that are connected to these new treatment, these COVID treatments on women. Um, I definitely think about the, vac- the vaccines that have been used in other countries that are connected directly to sterility and to controlling women's rep- reproduction. Um, and the intersection of poverty and people's desperation with the notion that they will provide eggs for families that are in a financial position to try to have children and so they can have children because other people who are less in a position to pay things off will donate their eggs so that like it's very twisted um and it does make me though want to do, I think I will do one share that's connected to this because um, this was something that's happening in China. Uh, can I share this one thing? We're going to come back to yours. So will China's AI nanny pod solve China's fertility problem? So this is, and this is China, but it's, it's China's ahead of the United States, but this is where everyone's headed. Um, it is literally talking about how they're trying to train a computer to know how to feed nutrients to a developing embryo. Um, and to, so it can know how to take care of it. So it, so that maybe they can get around the issues that they are. China seems to be running into what they think is a problem of creating the next generation. And so they're wondering if they have an answer here. I mean, I don't know how much closer to the matrix you can get anymore. Um, but I mean, it just says that artificial intelligence will help solve some of our biggest problems in societies in the decades to come. And then they just say the, the future might be more matrix, less meta. Anyway, you can share it's reproduction is going to be a big part of whatever's coming because yeah. production is going to be a big part. And those things are intimately linked. Yeah. I mean, God, yeah, so just men have been trying to trying to control and exploit women's bodies like you know since the dawn of time it seems like um and it's just like every time you think they've hit the, the ceiling like no there's another way to exploit it not to mention also like the fetus in that thing you shared andy right of just like the amount of uh just surveillance and monitoring and and data harvesting before someone's even born 
Yeah. Which like that, I mean, that is really matrixy, but they already do that. Like if you look at prenatal care, the amount of just unnecessary intervention and testing and, and, and half of it's not more than half of it's not even like scientifically backed. Um, it's crazy. And I, I was actually listening to an interview uh, the other day with uh, Dr. Suzanne, I think her last name's Veerling, Suzanne Veerling. Uh, and she was talking about the um, the sale. There's like a whole market for placentas and like cord blood. Uh, it's a it's a huge industry, and it's just another form of like exploiting, you know, feminine power and women's bodies. Um, and it ties in like to tie it back to some of the earlier stuff. It ties into biotech because what they why why they're so valuable. Um, is because cord blood and like placenta fluid, right, contains uh, stem cells, embryonic cells, all of these really powerful like regenerative uh, properties, cell growth, like all that kind of stuff. And so they will use it in like everything, like cancer treatment and surgeries and like biopharmaceutical companies pay so much money um, for like, you know, hazardous waste right at the hospital like they just take take the placentas right like why would you want that um and like your comments about poverty like one of the things that dr veerling said in the interview she was just like like think about this like think about if if a placenta is worth that much money like thousands thousands of dollars they'll pay um why like why can't every child just have a trust fund is what she kind of posed. Like, why can't every child in America just have a trust fund at birth? Right. So they're set up, they're going to get an education. They're not going to live in poverty. Um, uh, it's just crazy. Like the, the amount of exploitation that goes on in, in medical, medical sales and, and research. Um, and then there's a whole like global black market, which she got into, which I wasn't even aware of how extensive it is. It's, it's just, uh, again, but if you create, the, if you just use the conditions that, again, uh, and you post it as a choice, you know, then there's nothing unethical about it, right? Like, it's your choice, and, uh, you know, you should have, it's just so interesting that a lot of people, even, like, in different fields, um, are just automatically indoctrinated into, into seeing things into the monetization lenses you know in capitalism essentially you know like uh and like even like the bullshit ethical training that they take goes out the window you know like um and and again this is not surprising right this is been happening it's happening and uh, again i think we might be we are i am arguing that it's it's gonna you know i didn't know how much in um egg right uh cost now i know it's up to ten thousand dollars right and, and so that's going to happen with other parts of us every human yes women obviously you know in in that very key factor of reproduction but it's going to happen it's happening to our psychologies it's going to happen to you know our heartbeat uh, you know emotional uh everything that we are like again that phone right like everything that you are and, so, and that's what this empiricism is about, right? Just like we talked about on the COP26, the environmental meeting. It's about putting a price on things. It's not about helping humans. You know, the, the real drivers or, you know, of, 
these are the people that create those conditions, right? And, and make sure those conditions continue to exist because they fundamentally understand you need those conditions to, to make profit, you know, and, and drive people into like, um, um, when we talked about anti-vaxxers, right? Like uh, the mothers, single mothers that would bring their kids to the clinical trials over and over, uh, you know, because they have to make a choice, you know, of and, and monetize themselves, you know, and, and they're in the lower levels of society. So they have to hustle somehow. And, and, and ultimately that again is the irony of all this, that we are, t they're, they're framing it as protecting the most vulnerable but it is the most vulnerable that are going to be thrown into the fire pits first. And they never get shit from like the research, right? Like they never benefit from it. <laughs> yeah. And one, I mean, I know, and I don't want to take it as just a throwaway line that you said, Jessica, but I do want to ask you about it. When, when you had said um, men have been trying to control women's reproduction, mm -hmm. um, because when I look at what's, because there is an attempt to control not just production, but reproduction. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't look like a male plot to me. It looks like, it looks across gender, across race. It, it looks like, well, certainly wealth and power, connection to the state, things like that. I look at those characters and those are populated by women and men, black, Chinese. So... I, I guess I would, is, do you look at this even, even with, when you look at those ads, cause they're happening, like you said, they're happening every month on these ads and people are seeing them all the time. Does that, does that look like a male plan of controlling women's reproduction in, in your mind today? I wouldn't call it like a male plot. No, but I think there's always overlap between patriarchy and capitalism and imperialism and colonialism. Um, and I do think there's, there's a lot going on with the whole like transhumanist stuff that I, I do think some of it um, is deeply rooted in uh, a desire to take women's creative power and harness it and pervert it like the tree with the brain right um which is not to say that like that's the only lens through which we should be looking at it no of course not but yeah i mean i think i see patriarchy as a huge i mean it it's built in like you 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 mine the land you mine women's bodies right um this is i mean this is kind of what a, a lot of what i write about in my like academic stuff is like an eco-feminist lens. Um, and honestly, I mean, when it comes to the vaccine, I, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for not wanting it that I share with you guys in terms of like worker, you know, desire for workers to liberate themselves and that, but I think for me, honestly, the most fundamental kind of like, not, not, not necessarily like from a logical uh, or even like an ideological uh, reasoning, but just from, from a sort of core like intuition 
like it honestly it I think it's like my like womanhood um is kind of the base of it for me and I'm not saying that's like the right the right reason or whatever but it is I mean it's a it's a it's a needle like trying to penetrate somebody's skin and I I feel like just like no like not not this time you fuckers like it I really do feel like there's just um Ah, it's that's that aspect of it is where I think I am actually drawing the majority of my resolve because this shit has been going on. Like it, I don't know. I mean, all of us, this is like a freaking marathon, right? <laughs> Just yeah. like, like I have to attest every day at work every day. I have to say I'm unvaccinated mm-hmm. um, and it's exhausting. And I mean, there's so many forms of colonization, you know, that people have endured throughout time. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I think that's, that's a big, it's a big part of it, a fundamental part of it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, cause I, that's not what, how that, those sorts of words wouldn't come out of my mouth. So I wanted to hear like how right. you would, you know, um, right. and, but I, it is interesting to me that, that I do think I share, it's not, obviously I don't share the question of womanhood, but I do share how, here's how I might put why I'm motivated to resist. Yeah. It's related to Marxism. It's related to capitalism. It's related to a belief of a, of a future society where workers could run. Yes. That's up here running around in my brain is somewhere, but the part of me that it is like, that has like a lizard response to this is the idea of somebody putting something into my body that I'm, I'm afraid of that, that it, that feels like it could send me, it could change the course of my life and short and short, shorten my life in a way. Look, I, I just had a thing of Mountain Dew, you know, like before, you know, I was drinking that, you know, like that. So I, there's things I put in my body that are not good, that are not going to, so it, but there is something about this goddamn company and this goddamn moment where they're telling me to put something into my body and my reason for resisting is probably closer to the, what you're kind of describing, which is I'm not going to do this. Like that animates it probably more immediately than the political goal of revolution, which is something I do want to fight for, but it's still more in my head than, although I will say, and this is more like a summary of my feelings about this. I can't look at these images that we're looking at and see any way of going forward with reform. This is not a, the society that is being constructed cannot be diverted and made, made whole. This will have to be stopped. Like I feel very strongly, like I look at these images and look, it does in a, in a way that reading Rosa Luxemburg or reading Karl Marx, I could read it and know, but these images tell me there is no way we're gonna change this by reforming the system. It will have to be shattered and destroyed and built anew by people who have a different idea about what how society should be and how people should be with each other and be with themselves. Like that goddamn ring, you know, keeping track of yourself. Like we're going to have to have completely, we're going to have to refine the notion of the humanity and try to build a society based on humanity, not whatever that is. Because I see no way, like straight on Luddite, I see no way of taking 
any part of that forward into a better society. And that was, that's, I was just, Jessica, looking at your images did that. And then Kenny threw his images in there and God damn it. Just, just wanted to say that, you know, obviously I could never speak to the issue of womanhood, just like your lips in, right? Like, and, and, um, nor should anyone, right, try to govern anybody else's body. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, and like, I guess this is the hopeful part of me in, in this, right? That it's, um, yes, this is bad. What we're facing is bad. It's a tall task. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but it, it also opens channels of exchange, right? Which I think it's important, you know, to understand, you know, to have these conversations that we're having here, you know, and, and to see like, you know, um, because we've talked about how like in order to, fight this, we have to come together and coming together and staying together requires listening, understanding, and just accepting each other, each other's concerns, right? Like, and, and, and it's hard, it's not easy, but it's, it's, it's gonna be, you know, like I would never be in your shoes, you would never be in my shoes, you know? And, but, and we'll have to create some sort of report to trust each other, right? Like, you know, and based on principles, really like, you know, you know your body, you know, you know what you want for your body. And, you know, and no one else should tell you what to do with that. And, you know, and, and, and so I guess that is potentially the good part out of it, right? Like that we, we, like, even with the group, right? Like works in students for choice and the other meeting that we had, and there's people meeting from all walks of life, people that I don't agree with, you know, like, like, uh, I don't agree with a lot of people on capitalism, you know, or like how, like, you know, that this is, um, uh, you know, we we went we've attended rallies, and I've seen like people like with Trump flags and American flags. And to me, American flags give me anxiety. Like, you know, I find it as a threat. You know, and it's a warning sign of things. But then, and I also see people that are saying, um, you know, this is due to socialism. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, uh, and, and, you know, and blaming like the vaccine mandates on socialism. Like, I see the connection, you know, and I see, you know, and like, actually, you're not that wrong. You know, and like I see what you're saying, and you know, and this is what I'm saying, and and like, but again, in that exchange is where we find respect, I guess, for each other. You know, even if we disagree on some shit, because we will. You know, no, I, I still don't want that society where everyone thinks the same. Because then, what the fuck am I fighting for? You know, if everyone's just indoctrinated into the same shit, you know, I don't. You know, and ultimately, it's about autonomy of people. You know, to have, to choose for themselves. You know, and, and not be coerced like the way this system does, right? Does to the poor, you know, work, working people, uh, you know, coerces them into subjecting themselves to this experimental bullshit, you know, to and, and all sort of trinkets, you know, and and that's coercion, that's force, you know, and we face force every day, and and people face force in different ways, you know, and and you know, like it, it to me is about recognizing that we're not the same, <laughs> but you know. Also, we are the same in many ways, and, and and we do need to stick together and be together and listen to each other and find a way to make it work. Because and that's where we're gonna have to have these conversations again to find the cracks, right? The cracks that can be exploited, you know, and 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 be a threat to us continue to be together, you know, in the fight. Yeah, on that note of like hope, 
I just wanted to come back to the the de Beauvoir quote that I read earlier, you know, and I was highlighting the way that, you know, uh, natural language and imagery and stuff gets like co-opted because it's so powerful. But I think what's really also important, right? She says, one cannot revolt against nature. And I think that's so true. And it's been proven true again and again and again throughout history. And I mean, these, these (laughs) images that we've been looking at are, are scary and real, but I also, even, even feeling that fear, I look at that image of the, what was it? An iPod or something hooked up to that fetus. And it's like, I'm sorry, but an iPad is never, ever going to be able to produce a healthy, happy human being in the way that a woman's body can. And 5G connectivity is never, ever going to top like being with someone and and being able to touch them and look into their eyes without the creepy, like, see-through mask thing in between, right? Like, they'll never do better they'll never do better than actual nature like you're never going to find a medicine that's better or more powerful than the sun or mushrooms right plant medicine so I think yeah maybe there's some solace in that do you believe that's true I worry that people can acclimate. So then this was good. I, I, Kenny, I appreciate you bringing up this episode. Um, and that was a good idea. Yeah. Folks should know that I think next week we'll be having Allison here who it was for me, she's in the background of all this discussion. Um, and, uh, but, uh, well, I think we're gonna be talking about blockchain, um, and some of the discussions that are coming up about, the viability of blockchain and things like that. But I think also educating people and educating ourselves about what is blockchain. So I look forward to that. Yeah. And Jessica, thank you for taking the time to put those images together as well. And I do, I think we are going to do an episode when I, to go over some stuff that's just around education. And the yeah, future. I feel like there's so much, so much there. Yeah. It's being laid out there, um, which is all connected to some of the stuff that both of you were showing, but particularly metaverse and Roblox and things like that. And also I saw some stuff on creating um, the uh, Teachers Without Borders kind of networks of you can get a teacher anywhere. If you could just get them online. Uh, So, um, all right. So that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podcast channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes, wherever you found this episode or on our blog, what-s-left.webnode.com. You can find past episodes of this podcast there and connect with us. Uh, I remind people, uh, if you like anything you've heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our nine platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Telegram, or Rumble. And if you'd like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. Um, so that's it this week. Um, and Jessica and Kenny, thanks again for your hard work and putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
you know, people should pay attention to those billboards out there and see what they're, what messages they're sending us. So, uh, see you next week.